Sup, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this incredible rip Matt and I just had. Very good rip. Excuse me. Just burped there. Uh, big week. I think we stayed as humble as we possibly could. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I'm not going to intro it anymore. You're going to fucking listen to it. So this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You freaks should know all about them, but if you don't know about them, let me tell you about them particularly, particularly, particularly their white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to a multi-sig uh, collaborative custody vault with $1,000 worth of Bitcoin in it uh, in no time. All right, so it's a $1,500 package. You freaks are going to get $50 off. That's $1,450 for you if you tell them that TFTC sent you. And basically what comes in the package is, again, white glove concierge service. They're going to walk you through the process of going from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up in a collaborative custody model in which Unchained holds one key, you hold two keys, you can always move your UTXOs out of the vault by yourself, but if you ever need Unchained there, they're there to be that second in the two or three multi-sig setup to move your coins. And the way it works is they're going to engage with you, they're going to have multiple video conference chats with you, uh, explain multi-sig, explain their vault product specifically, get you comfortable with it. Uh, the 14... That $1,450 package includes two hardware wallets that they're going to send to you, get you comfortable setting those up, uh, securing the seeds, and they're going to set up your vault. They're going to have a key again. You're going to have two keys, and then they're going to dump $1,000 worth of Bitcoin into the vault. So you go from zero to having a multi-sig collaborative custody vault with $1,000 worth of Bitcoin in it. Again, you freaks are getting $50 off. Tell them the TFTC sent you. Uh unchained uh, on top of that has a bunch of other products and incredible blog series uh parker lewis is gradually then suddenly Drew has uh his bitcoin astronomy series he just dropped part two last week incredible piece very forward thinking on top of that they're contributing to the open source community within bitcoin caravan is the open source uh, uh vault product if you don't want to use unchained or involve unchained in your multi-sig quorum they've open sourced the technology that creates their vaults it's called caravan um, so go check all this out at www.unchained-capital.com uh, we're going to link to the concierge service the white glove service in the show notes particularly so if you want to check that out that link is in the show notes this episode was also brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking cash app cash app that was cash app for those of you who couldn't understand that Cash App doing incredible things. Guess what? They made Sats a standard this week. They're allowing you to get Sats back with your boost card. Happened this week. I used it this morning. And guess what? I got Sats back today. They had Hot Girl Meg, whoever that is. I just met her today, but she gave me $100 worth of Sats. They gave out a million dollars worth of Sats via Hot Girl Meg on Twitter today. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And the Cash App, I'm saying Sats, Cash App. Very intertwined. All right. Cash apps help you sack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats if you so please. Like I said, they made sats a standard. They're allowing you to dollar cost average into sats. Uh, so if you want to stack sats, but you don't want to think about it, you can set up a DCA in the cash app. You can buy daily, bi weekly, uh, excuse me, daily, weekly, or bi weekly. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, they have their boost program, which I mentioned already. You get a partner merchants save some money. They have their Bitcoin boost, which is out there now. You can go spend money wherever using your boost card to get sats back, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we're saying sats, 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 sats. For any of you new freaks who are new to Bitcoin 
end this podcast. Sats, what is a sat? Why are you saying sats, you crazy motherfucker? Uh, sats is short for Satoshis. And Satoshis are the smallest denomination of Bitcoin that you can have, the smallest unit. There are 100 million Satoshis in one Bitcoin. So instead of buying a fraction of Bitcoin, you buy whole sats. You get 100 million sats, you have one whole Bitcoin. So help fix that unit bias that exists in the world today. You're going to get about like... 2400 sats for for one ripple people like say oh ripple's so cheap sats are cheap freaks and cash app is slinging sats they're letting you stack sats so go check it out if you haven't downloaded the cash app already make sure you go download it and use the code stacking sats when you do it's s-t-a-c-k-i-n-g-s-a-t-s you're going to get ten dollars and ten dollars is going to go to our good friends at owls lacrosse that's owls lacrosse You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Doggy, trust me, I'm merely on a quest to obliterate finance as we know it. My aim is to help you, but I demand your undying loyalty. Read a lot, discuss and argue and meme, test your ideas on others, understand what you're investing in if you must, but stack sats anyway. Matt, you have a uh, a new admirer on on the Twitterverse. The freaks are just uh, they're they're spitting out new uh, novelty accounts like it's. Uh, the t- it's Pez. The 2016 shitcoin bonanza. <laughs> There's no cap right. supply. And I feel like these uh, these parody accounts are like... There's like fractals coming out of them as well. They're starting to feud with each other. I like the other tweet he had. What was it? Because uh, the tweet you read was making fun of my pinned tweet that I've had pinned there for like years. But the other tweet was like, fuck you, stack sats or something. Uh, fuck staying humble. Take out a, a H-E-L-O-C on your home and stack sats. Don't do that. Is that like a second mortgage? I, ass- H- I assume it's a high leverage fucking loan. Yeah, high end leverage. Either that or a helicopter. Oh, uh, helicopter loan. That, that would that would make a little bit of sense. I uh, I told somebody on Twitter that this is going to be the most humble episode I've ever had. Um, so we're going to start the very straight faced. Uh, price of Bitcoin right now is $22,695. I think that's uh, up from where it was last week when we last recorded. <laughs> we're, we're currently at block 661,794. 18,573,637.9 Bitcoin have been mined. That's 88.45% of the total supply. Oh, I already said the block height. Um, mining. We had a downward difficulty adjustment since the last time we met of 2.5%. We're at 
right now blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 24 seconds so even with that downward adjustment uh hash rate is still falling off the network which is interesting considering the price is up a little bit more than it was last and week and the mempool's uh, fucked up right now yeah transactions according to the clark's mempool there's 135,607 transactions in the mempool no one's gonna uh, be chirping at me this weekend i'll tell you that much i, I saw you that mempool ain't uh, clear I saw people uh, uh, getting your attention on Twitter today. The 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 what is it? The standard uh, lower bound of the fee recommended by nodes or wallets is is like so, the average fee is above that now. You can't even use the lowest standard. Yeah, so I mean, there's no the mempool, right? It's a bunch of individual yeah. mempools. Um, and those are specified locally, but the default is 300 megs. Uh, so once the mem once a user's mempool gets past that, they start dropping the lowest fee transactions. So if you have a one sat per byte transaction, you will have to rebroadcast it uh, when most mempools have fallen below that default. I mean, there's 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 probably a few, um, you know, one sat per byte proponents like Catan who should be running their nodes with larger mempools to um, to help out their to make brethren. Sure their transactions. Yeah. Yeah. But all you have to do is rebroadcast. If it fails, you have to rebroadcast. If it's a payment to yourself, you know, there's literally zero repercussions. Um, but if it's a payment to someone else, then you should keep an eye on it, you know, and rebroadcast in a timely manner so they get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. We've been warning. We've been warning you. Fees are going to go up. Hopefully you have been consolidating UTXOs. And opening fat lightning network channels. Only if you've considered the privacy implications of both. Obviously, it's a it's a given. Matt, come on. Samurai Speaking Whirlpool new all time highs in both Bitcoin and dollar terms. Yes, currently sitting at one thousand seven hundred twenty seven point eight two Bitcoin. Massive. So over a hundred Bitcoin Quietly since last week. Fuck. Approaching forty million. Currently sitting at thirty nine point two million of unspent value. And that's all we got for the for the dashboard today. Um, it's uh, yeah, all right. So the price has been increasing a lot. There's, yeah, <laughs> we hit twenty three thousand at one point. Significantly, twenty three eight. We've entered the territory where you wake up in the morning, and you're like, you know, I, I have no idea where I'm gonna be when you when you check it. Right. It's uh, I know. Hey, we're gonna stay humble. We're not gonna oh get too God, bombastic we're about so this. Fucked. Like I just, I know. we were never going to be at the ready. Point where we try, you just try your, try your best, but here, let's put, uh, the price action of the last couple of days into context for you freaks. Friend of the podcast, Dr. Saifedean Amus had a fun fact earlier this morning in the last 24 hours alone. This was at 10 30 AM East coast time this morning in the last 24 hours, the price of Bitcoin is appreciated by approximately the entire price of Bitcoin on March 12th, 2020. In other words, your Bitcoins appreciated one day around as much as they were worth nine months ago. That's pretty insane. Well, I mean, right. That is crazy. I mean, people got fucking wrecked in March. Um, anyone who was leveraged, anyone who panic sold, um, those who didn't stay humble, they got wrecked in March. And it's pretty crazy. Uh, that it was the same year in general. Right. Well, that's a, and well, this is like, think about how cheap 
eighteen thousand feels right now, or fifteen thousand, or nine thousand, or six thousand. It feels so cheap. Like back in the day, used you used to be able to get a million sats for a hundred dollars, ten bucks. I mean, I remember. I remember being able to buy a quarter of a Bitcoin for like fifty dollars. I'm aging myself. Yeah, but I mean. A million sats for a hundred dollars was like a month ago. <laughs> it feels like a right. fucking eternity. Yeah how 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 bad of me is this? I didn't even mention the sats per dollar. We're below five thousand sats yeah, per dollar broke. currently sitting at f- the four thousand four hundred one sats per the dollar. The dollar is Market dumping. Caps. I don't know why people hold it. Like, what are you doing, people? Well, we're gonna get into that conversation because I think. Um, we got to talk about that. There's especially considering the type of flows that have been coming into Bitcoin over the last few months and the last week, particularly uh, another mile mark broke broken above a $400 billion market cap currently sitting at 422.68 billion. And Bitcoin price to gold is approaching its all time highs. Not there yet. 11.8 ounces of gold is going to get you one Bitcoin. Or one Bitcoin is going to get you 11.8 ounces of gold, depending on what your unit of account in that particular pair is. And Bitcoin is fast approaching. It blew through. It was hovering at 2 for most of this year. 2% of the total gold market. Now it's at 3.4%. So up um, about 75%. Up a negligible amount, all things considered. Yes, we still have to get to 100% and beyond that I, I feel like I've got. now that we're like officially comfortably past the all-time high. Um, I, I got a LaCroix delivery here. Thank you, son. Are you going to become like a weekly fixture on the show? I love it. Delicious. Yeah. Have you been stacking sats, son? Yeah. La, 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 la. He started singing back to us. We've been doing... Uh, christmas carols with him and he's trying to like he can't speak obviously he's too young but uh he tries to sing just i like the idea of like using pavlov's dog with uh christmas carols and stacking sats it's like you say stacking sats (laughs) and then you just you hit him you hit him with a christmas carol that seems like too like mk ultra zoolander (laughs) not even pavlov's it goes beyond pavlov's conditioning there that was thank you for the little croissant that was uh two massive announcements from our sponsor that i feel like are underappreciated that would have been larger larger news um if we hadn't just pumped fucking three thousand dollars uh they they officially implemented sats as the standard across the app so you can optionally switch to bitcoin as your unit but the default is sats um and they've added me matt Sats. Join me. Sats. 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 How's it feel? To the standard. To the standard. And they added Sats. Sats back rewards. And this is the number one finance app on the App Store in the U.S. Like that's massive. Another thing, I never really knew who she was before. No idea. This afternoon, neither do I. Apparently, she's big though. What's her name? Hot girl Meg? I don't know, Marty. You're the one who uh, asked her to shower <laughs> I, you. Well, I had a tweet. Yeah, I asked her to shower me and sat. So for you freaks who are unaware. You called her your uh, queen. Uh, my queen. <laughs> uh, the the rapper Hot Girl Meg. I've never listened to any of her music, but apparently her and 
Cash App disclaimer, our sponsor, are sponsoring her as well. And to celebrate her signing with Cash App or Cash App signing with her, I don't know how that works. Uh, they did a $1 million worth of Bitcoin giveaway. Straight sats. They were giving away sats. Straight sats, homie. And uh, yeah. So she get, if you replied with your cash tag, your Cash App cash tag and the, the hashtag, hashtag Bitcoin Meg, I mean, that's why I liked about the campaign. They were like getting Bitcoin trending. Wow. Uh, she would, she would, or the Cash App team on behalf of her, I imagine. Oh, they were getting Bitcoin was, Meg trending. Yes. Um, but Bitcoin's first half of that. And, uh, yeah, okay. At least it wasn't crypto Meg. Yeah. So, so I sent a tweet out like, wow, uh, the the Bitcoin faucets have, have uh, really evolved dramatically over the years. Back in the day, it was just Gavin... Andreessen on, on bitcointalk.org saying, hey, anybody wants five Bitcoin, like plug your address in and we'll send it to you until it's drained. Now we have large female followers, female followers, large female uh, recording artists with large followings. I believe she has 5.2 million followers um, acting as modern day Bitcoin faucets. And the reason I responded to our queen, uh, hot girl Meg, <laughs> no idea is because... I thought of the FOMO of not like I knew I remember knowing that faucets were around. I was like, ah, oh, do I want to deal with this? Like, what am I doing here? And not participating in a faucet that was giving you five Bitcoin for free. And I knew future Marty would be mad if the opportunity to get free sats from Hot Girl Meg uh, presented itself, and he passed it up because he was just a little ashamed to tweet under her with a hashtag. You know what? You got to get the sats while they're on the table, freaks. Well, wow. no shame. I'm not afraid to double dip on the sponsor giveaways. Full full disclosure, I'm against Twitter giveaways, so I did <laughs> I did not participate. Um, I'm glad it's at least being done for Bitcoin instead of a shitcoin. Um, I and I I do not deny that they are extremely effective, as as is the case by that tweet. That tweet was got a lot of fucking engagement, but I think we don't, we should be careful not to undersell the other news. I think. The, the combination of sats being the standard on this app, um, I think like a whole new cycle of Bitcoiners are going to come in. They're not even going to think in Bitcoin terms. They're just going to think in sats. And, and with this giveaway, it actually, it's, it's said in your wallet when you got it, you've just received sats from from Hot Meg. Um, <laughs> Hot Girl Meg. Yeah. And, and then the sats back is just, this is a phenomenon that we've been watching play out. And I keep saying it's weaponized consumerism. And if you just think about it, it's just like constant upwards buy pressure. Like, obviously, this shit's just going to pump the price as more and more sats are just the rewards for people's everyday frivolous purchases. Like, that's just insanity. I took advantage of it today. It works. And, yeah, it's incredible. And so... if you guys have the cash app, go look for your boost. They'll have like a Bitcoin boost. You'll get cash back 5%. Um, and then like the max sats back you'll get in dollar terms is $7.50. Well, There's nothing to scoff at. 150 You can spend up to $150. You get 5% back. Yeah, the most amount of sats that you'll get yeah. back is $7.50 worth. Um, so go check that out if you have the app. Try it. I used it today. It worked flawlessly. Uh, but going back to Sats the Standard and the unit bias that has been a discussion on the show for years now, uh, in the discussion we were having with a couple others earlier today, let's jump into the unit bias. And some people are saying that Sats is too low of a denomination for people to well, mentally you grasp. Know, those people should stop being such fucking bears. 
<laughs> well, like, that's I such agree. a bullshit. I agree. It's a bullshit. But like, no, just like mentally, do you think people are like, oh, let me find out what I, the price of one sat is, or you say, or do you think they approach it like, hey, I have five dollars. Let's find out how many sats I can get with I this. I think Bitcoin during this adoption phase pumps so fucking quickly and fast that you just gotta you gotta over you have to overshoot the i you know the ideal unit bias or whatever and you just go for the extreme and and bitcoin's price appreciation will just settle itself out anyway you know you uh yeah exactly you know what i mean like it's 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 a ridiculous concept like if bitcoin's going to keep going at this trajectory um we're not going to settle on a unit for a while it takes a while for the industry to to start accepting it right there's, there's no centrally provided um you know think about last we were when we were at this nearly the same price last cycle um almost no one was using sats and now we have the number one finance app in the app store using sats right as their standard unit um we have fold one of the hottest companies in the space sats are all over their app right um it takes time for these things to go through the industry. So this idea that you're going to do an intermediate step and then after four years or like eight years, then change again is ridiculous. It's like just an annoying fucking concept. Yeah. And this, this gives us a, a very strong, um, weapon against the XRP army. It's like right now at one XRP and get 2,500 sats. Did you know that XRP? Exactly. Army? Sats are cheaper. Sats are cheaper than ripple. Um, but, it's crazy uh, how many people so are bits, but still. still buy Ripple. So are bits. Yeah, yeah you can get uh, 20, 250 bits. No, 20 bits. 25. 25 bits. The easiest way to... 25 the, bits. the funniest part about bits is I'm not saying people shouldn't use bits, but the easiest way for me to conceptualize bits is a reverse, uh, a reverse conversion from sats. Like a bit is 100 sats. Like that's how I can... That's how, I can, that's how you know sats one in my mind, at least. In my own usage, is like I just... The only way I can get the bits is I, I multiply sats. Um, yeah. I do it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty committed to sats here at this podcast, freaks. Uh, if you couldn't tell by now. But yeah, have you no, even been huge. paying attention, guys? Yeah. Go use the Cash App stack sats. Does that count as an ad read? I don't know. We'll have to talk to the people at the Cash App. Uh, no, you're going to read a separate ad because that had nothing to do with them being a sponsor. That's legitimate. I'm legitimately excited. I'm legitimately excited about this. Um, this is like major, major fucking news of the week that I feel like not enough people are really talking about. Yes, I am as well. It is. Uh, yeah. Well, all, all the good news got buried with the price. Like yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of Slush Pool mining its first block, uh, representing the first block ever mined by a mining pool, which is pretty historic. Um, and they dry, this is actually what I'm writing about in the bent. Freaks haven't written the bent yet. Busy day uh, for Great American Mining. I'm going to get it out after we record this. But what I'm writing about is the Bitcoin Magazine article at Slush Pool. Um, I guess what you say, they, uh, Slush Pool Brains um, it was a guest wrote piece. an article on a guest piece. There you go. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Kareem Helmley, who's been on this podcast before from Coinmetrics, pointed out today, like the title and the 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 of that article particularly was like, "Hey, the ten year anniversary and ten years looking forward into the Bitcoin mining industry." 
And so a lot of people just like looked over like, yeah, whatever 10 year anniversary. But if you actually read the article slush pool announced their intention and they've been their intention, like they're not, not their intention, but the fact that they are going to launch a hash rate derivatives exchange at some point in early 2021 that they've been working on since 2018. Um, so that's another, that's actually pretty tectonic news for the mining industry, just getting buried in a lead and then buried under price uh, increases in, in um, excitement about the price going up. So Yeah, I didn't even know that it was announced. Right, exactly. I'm glad I listened to RHR and got that news. Hey, that's what we, that's what we strive Dude. to do here is give you the news that you're not thinking about. Everybody's the talking feeling, about price. The feeling, like, I mean, I hope we were, you know, good bear market companions on this ride. Um, but really the inspiration for doing rabbit hole. We've never done this in a bull market. I don't yeah. even know what to well, expect. The, the, but that's what I was going to say is like the inspiration for rabbit hole recap, at least talking from my side and I think from Marty's side too, is the current feeling I'm feeling now, which is just con- constant, be, constantly being overwhelmed with a ton of, a ton of noise and not being able to find the signal. And that's what happens when Bitcoin hits open water and just does whatever the fuck it wants to do. It's just like you, your mind can never get clear. Um, but as Marty said, we've never done this during a, a bull market. So, um, yeah, well, I'm, I, I'm have, excited. I have, I have written the bet in the bull market. Yeah. So I have some experience with content in the bull market. And back then, I, w- I go back and read some of the early bets every once in a while. And I was trying to get the signal through then, too. And I'm, I, I aim to stick to that uh, in this bull market if it. I mean, if it, it seems like it's materializing, we're technically in a bull market since we've passed the. I mean, we've market. never been in a bear market, but there's 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 troughs, hills and valleys. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm saying we only have two shoutouts this week. Should we just get yeah? Get let's, them? let's hit them with the shoutouts. All right, we're gonna get to the shoutouts, and these were purchased immediately after um, last week's rip. So great week last week, boys. Fired up Marty's the best Marty, Matt. Humble but deadly as always. Just want to tell you there are freaks out there in cities you wouldn't expect doing normie jobs, humbly stacking sats, but putting coins in deep multi-sig self-custody storage, spinning up nodes, and ready to put their bodies, careers, and savings on the line for natural rights and sovereignty. People are primed for this movement, and as a lawyer, if slash when the fight comes, I think we win. A lot of good people in this foxhole. Very encouraging shout-out. We appreciate you offering your pro bono lawyer services that's fantastic yes it's okay if they ever try to send us to the gulag we're gonna hit you up i know that was an anonymous <laughs> shout out we're gonna do it uh, do a reverse shout out on the pod and ask <laughs> ask for contact information yeah dm us uh this one's pretty funny pretty short fuck you steve Mnuchin. <laughs> 50 dollars is so cheap that marty read that to all the freaks so that was a present to wow. you freaks from another freak. truly fuck you money Appreciate that. Yeah, one. truly, literally, money. Both of these shoutouts have to appreciated to about sixty-five dollars since they were purchased. So the shout out I just read was two hundred seventy-eight thousand sats, um, and it was at yeah the price was seventeen thousand nine hundred eighty-four dollars when we received that. Time flies. UTXO. Freaks, you can send a. Uh, like shout at like fifty dollars over the Lightning Network is pretty easy these days. You don't have to send an on chain UTXO if you have a Lightning 
note if you want to buy shout out not forcing anybody to do anything but we we have received plenty of shout outs over the lightning network and it's actually looking back at the past one two three four five six seven eight it's four 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 lightning four on chain wow we got a little uh, battle going on yeah maybe that you know the on-chain proponents you, you know you got to fight back you got to send in your on-chain shout outs and the 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 lightning guys have to send in there yeah and actually i have 12 shout outs on this one particular page and it's six six and then lightning network on chain we need uh we need the the one sapper bite truthers to send in their one sapper bite <laughs> shout outs and they never know when they'll confirm you know it's like three weeks down the line right. they finally get their shout out through well that's so that may be the case there is another shout out status is expired um and it's a good one but i, I don't feel comfortable reading it's it expired, I don't want to get check, chipped. The, check can you check the address well, you don't know where it's coming from. You just know that. Do you know the destination yeah, I can check the, address? I know. Yeah, it's our address. It, it hasn't hit yet, but I don't even know if it's like pending what, transaction. Type the destination, ad, copy and paste the destination address into blockstream.info. Um, Be hilarious if there's an unconfirmed one sat per byte transaction in there. All right. You riff a little bit. Oh, it was a Lightning Network invoice. Oh, so, so then they definitely didn't pay it. Well, freak. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you had a routing error. We believe in you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we have a bunch of stories that are in the section of this podcast about things that were bullish on from people that we never heard of before that we pretend we've heard of. I've heard of Scott Minard before. You've heard of Ruffer... I actually have heard of One River when I worked in the managed future space. Who the fuck is Ruffer? I think it's a sub fund. UK based Ruffer group. No, they're different than One River. So One River is the next story. UK based Ruffer manages 20 billion in assets and they invested 744 million into Bitcoin. There's some like billionaire sure macro fund. What? Yeah, Brevin Howard was mentioned in that. So Brevin Howard is, um, I believe, their commodities trading advisor. I'm definitely comfortable, uh, not comfortable, but uh, familiar with them. I thought because I read then this. Then we have One River, which is a separate one. They, one Rivers, yes. They quietly control F six hundred million. Control F rougher. Control F rougher in the Bloomberg, and you'll see that. Give me a second here. An investor with One River. No, but that's he, LLP. He, so both of his. These are two different entities that both bought separate Bitcoin stashes that he's affiliated with both. I thought it was an LP. Okay, I'm sorry. This guy like is probably right. going to each macro fund and like orange pilling them. So like all the funds he's involved with, they're all fucking buying Bitcoin. Yeah, so he's an LP in these funds. Right, which is not... Yeah, yeah. so so he's a step above the other partners, right? Yes, yes. But it's two Talking different fund funds. fund structure here, freaks. It's two different funds. Yeah, it was a Brevin Howard's commodities, and then... Right, and then... We, one, one River. And then we have the Guggenheim guy just casually dropping a 400K price call. On Bloomberg, while they were supposed to be covering Jerome Powell... Uh, and his statements about market conditions and the Fed's forward guidance, which is beautifully poetic, that they 
literally delayed their coverage of a live uh, event that usually gets uh, widespread coverage in the financial quote unquote media industry. And you could hear uh, their shock. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What? Uh, yeah. So Scott Minard, um, who is the, the head of Guggenheim, which is a massive fund. Yeah. He said, I believe he said, if we're comparing Bitcoin to gold and you're going to use that as a fair value metric, Bitcoin's fair value, I think he said today is $400,000. He said they're like fundamental models start at 400 K. Yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy. Insane. Yeah. I mean, Insane if I numbers. said that at the Thanksgiving day table, like I would be laughed out of the fucking room. <laughs> right. And you probably were at some point. I, yeah. I used to drop. Yeah. Bitcoin will get to millions. No, I don't of dollars think I was ever like, that crazy. I was that crazy. I definitely was. And I still believe that. And you I'm know, I, fucking crazy. I, I never vocalize it, you know, but I don't disbelieve it. Yes. That's very humble. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> Moon or die. <laughs> Moon or die. Um, and so, yeah. so we're talking about the Ruffer, One River, Guggenheim. I think you can throw Brevin Howard in there as well. So Ruffer bought $744 million, I believe they, and their price point was like $14,000. 16, Bitcoin, I think. I they said 16, 14 or 16. So they're up. Yeah, they, these guys um, only talk about it after they buy. Yeah. Um, and I think they have 45,000 Bitcoin. And they can all um, pump it without per- breaking securities violations. Right. Um, and so we have that. And this all comes on the heels of the no news. Of, like the, so the original shout out was like, hey, I love how you guys are getting jacked up. What do we get jacked up about is the pending announcement, apparently, from the Treasury Department, Steve Munchenbutz and his friends <laughs> about a, we, we again, we still don't know what the announcement's going to be or if it's if even going it to come. I, I mean, yeah. I still think the best time for it to happen is during the holiday break. Yeah, and I, I was saying last Friday, like I thought they were just going to do like a 5 p.m. post-market right. close going into a weekend before Christmas announcement, but didn't happen. Nothing's materialized yet. Have you heard anything about... No, nope, just the same. It's like we're all riffing off of each other. I, I don't want to be like participatory to the FUD. I would say that I do. I am grateful for Mnuchin to just... I, I did accelerate my stacking because of it. Like... Uh, I got a little less humble and I got into a little bit of a FOMO craze. So I appreciate that. I got into, yeah, I stacked a little bit, but I think I FOMO'd into being less complacent on getting what I have on exchanges, off exchanges or in exchange. Only use one. Take the advice. We'll see. I mean, I still think that something's going to happen here. Um, but, and I, but I think regardless, it doesn't matter. You should just always operate under the assumption that it could happen at any moment. I think is the only really safe way to do that. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I was a, f- I was a few glasses of champagne, few few glasses of wine, and maybe one <laughs> glass of whiskey deep last night when, oh when I saw the Ryan Selkis tweet that the uh, the G seven is probably going to crack down. We're gonna have a big fight, but I still believe this. The G seven can suck my dick. Oh my fuck God. the G seven. Who gives a fuck? Like I'm gonna still rub my node. I said this last week. I'm getting fired up again, even though the news hasn't been announced yet. Or we may not; it may not be announced. Who knows? But even if it is or isn't, if it is or isn't, regardless, I'm still going to run my node. Our BTC pay server isn't going anywhere. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about Bitcoin and self custody and coin joining. I'm going to keep writing about it. Uh, the G7 can go suck my dick. There, I'll just put it like that. Yeah, I mean, I 
I actually was I was liquidated on BitMEX on March twelfth, so I just I'm slowly gonna you know start building up my my Bitcoin position again, and uh, maybe I'll consider running a node. Never tried it. Yeah, is that statement gonna get me? You're looking at me like that's gonna get me sent to the gulag. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the gulag freaks. Don't let the gulag self censor yourself. Um, no, I mean uh, I'm just I'm just fucking around. Of course, I'm gonna keep running my node, using my nodes. Um, I wish I didn't get liquidated on March 12th, but you know, let bygones be bygones and you stack by stack, just try and build it back. Yeah. It's funny. You got liquidated on March 12th, March 15th. I was, uh, boating with family, uh, in, in the bays of South Jersey. And I fell into the bay with my hardware wallet in my pocket and I couldn't find See, it. This is that. why it's, no one should use hardware wallets. Yeah. It's fucked. <laughs> I actually did not see this is, Part of the news that slipped by me this week, the UK FCA grants crypto firms so this temporary is registration. Okay. So uh, Bottle Pay is officially relaunched um, on the back of this news. So disclosure, I am an advisor with a small equity position there. Um, to the freaks that are new, Bottle Pay uh, hit the ground running last year. Um, or maybe it was beginning of this year. No, 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 no. Because they they shut down in December last year, so it was oh, it was okay. like sixteen months ago, eighteen months ago. They hit the ground running, um, Lightning Wallet with a social layer. Um, regulations hit them hard. Instead of instituting KYC, they shut down completely. Had everyone withdraw their funds, and they reevaluated. And now this is their relaunch. Um, it, it is a KYC product now, and it uh, is launching in the UK first. So this news is basically like the UK's regulator, the FCA, um, had their own bit license-esque regulation. And about 150 companies applied uh, and very few, and, and, and you needed to have this approval by January 15th officially, but almost none of them had gotten approved up until this point. So there's just like all these British companies, some of them that didn't do what Bottle Pay did and shut down to reopen, but had been operating this whole time that were just sitting in limbo, that they were like in a month, like, are we just gonna get screwed? So they instituted this temporary approval. They're like, we're gonna push back that January 15th deadline for six months, you can operate now, um, but you have to get your approval in between there, um, which is good to see because it was, it appeared to be just, you know, a, a bit of a clusterfuck over there. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean. There's a lot, there's a lot of Bitcoin companies right now that are just, you know, rejoicing that they can actually do business. Yeah, so is it like similar to the sandbox regulation that happens over here? It's like, hey, let's go for it. Yeah. X amount of years and we'll reevaluate. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not quite sure. I, I think this in particular is just a temporary Yeah, it goes until so the it's like six months or something they're like pushing it back. Yeah, it's January 9th to July 9th, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean look, we we literally the last comment we had was on potential uh US self custody restrictions to the point where that are practically a ban as far as I'm concerned. Um, so who the fuck knows? No one really knows and, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, for now, this is really good news. I'll take good news when we can get it. It's been a good news week. Yeah. Haven't got to the, uh, news that makes us angry section yet. And 
doesn't seem like it's going to happen right now either. Seems like Kraken uh, reacted to my newsletter that I wrote earlier this week about... Stay humble, Marty. I'm fucking with you. It's obviously not. They've been working on this. And that newsletter was was a bit in jest. Um, just to light a little bit of a fire, a match under the ass, these exchanges to get moving on second layer solutions, whether it be lightning or liquid. Uh, Kraken seems to be taking the bull by the horns, and they announced their intention to get lightning network integration to market um, at some point in the first half of 2021. Our good friend of the podcast and in real life, Pierre Rochard, is leading those efforts. They're bringing on staff to focus on this specifically, um, and Jesse Powell made some comments saying, hey, our customers are demanding this, so we're going to give our customers what we what they want. And so we'll be Lightning compatible. We're going to build out the Lightning Network infrastructure, um, do it the correct way, and, and, and add uh, another product offering to, to our customers. So it's great to see. It's something we've been waiting for. Uh, Bitfinex is probably the largest exchange that's enabled Lightning Network up to this point. River.com has had Lightning um, compatibility for for a bit now um, but outside of those two uh, and a few others smaller exchanges in australia and the uk i believe uh, bitteroo added it in australia mm-hmm. with that partnership with much... wallet of satoshi yes this is also australia but you really but you really want to see these these big volume exchanges get into that's a good sign um so shout out to kraken shout out to pierre for leading these initiatives within kraken um and from what i hear I don't know if we're at liberty to disclose what the team looks like, but it seems like a high caliber group of people. Yeah, that's as much as we can say. Uh, that that is, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's good news. Um, I just wanted the guys over there to know that uh, you don't get credit until it's launched. Um, so we'll keep you honest <laughs> hey. over here at, at, at Rabbit Hole Recap. Yeah, so print out the bent from earlier this week and just put it, like paste it to the, to the well, wall. You know what's funny, it's right? Is, is Pierre has a tweet where he's like, if we don't have it done by the end of the year, you can have me fired. Um, and, you know, it's the end of the year and they come out with the announcement, we're going to have it shortly <laughs> into 2021. And so <laughs> I kind of I feel what that is, but I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that it's happening and I'm excited for it. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, I'm excited it's happening too. I, I think it's that. in the spirit of uh, it's in the spirit of making it happen. And again, I agree. And some merch, um, Bitcoin Dev, formerly at, at BitGo, now at Unchained, uh, Chain Code Unchained, now at Chain Code Labs. Um, he sent out a poll earlier today. Just asking, like, are people using the Lightning Network? Is it for developers only? And to chime in, it's not for developers only. I use the Lightning Network literally every day, whether it's receiving uh, uh, payments or uh, sending payments or messages on Sphinx app or listening to podcasts and streaming payments to the podcast I listen to on that app. But technically, especially from a receiving payments perspective, I use the Lightning Network every day. I'm not a developer. I need to learn to code still. Um, but I have been able to set up nodes and channels and receive sats over the Lightning Network. So I think, again, we're very vocally bullish of the Lightning Network here at TFTC, but if there is that misnomer that it's only for developers, Matt's like shaking his head like, I'm not as bullish. I'm bullish. I don't care. 
I'm, you uh, know, I'm, we're not cheerleaders. I mean, we're pessimistic. We're due, you know, realistically pragmatic. Yeah. I think we're realistic, realistically pragmatic, but I'm also a cheerleader. I want it to succeed. Oh, 100%. I like using it. I use it. Um, I, mean, I like the people that are working on it. I like the use cases enabling. I, I'll, I'm going to cheer it on. I just think, uh, go lightning. Hey, hey, go lightning. No, I mean, I just think that, you know, uh, people are a little bit misguided in terms of like, you think you have to like just attack people on Twitter to like get exchanges to add it. Um, like it'll come when the demand is there. You know, this whole time I've been saying, you know, one mem- one sapper bite uh, won't clear again this cycle. And it clears, right? And unless you have consistent uh, transaction backlog, you're not going to see actual demand from the customers and you're not going to see exchanges implement that shit. Well, no, I would push back on this a little bit. Yes, you may not see the demand from the customers right away, but the exchanges, especially the ones that have been around for a while, especially the 2017 run, should be forward-thinking enough to know that the customers are going to demand it once transaction congestion hits a certain point. They should be implementing this. Like, it's bad business practice. And that's the reason I wrote that letter, actually, earlier this week was the thread from Grubles. He was focusing on liquid, but you can apply this to Lightning as well. Like, do the exchanges actually have an incentive to implement this second layer Bitcoin scaling solutions, especially the shitcoin casinos? Like, is it is it even worth it? So, because they get so many fees from all the trading, they'd rather have people moving out of Bitcoin into shitcoins, trading them more fees, where facilitating second layer solutions potentially reduces their profits in that perspective to a certain extent. I mean, what's interesting here is, I guess, Pierre's statement, he's like the unofficial head of Lightning at Kraken now. Um, is almost like the demand they see. And look, I do agree. I think ultimately customer demand is what matters, but smart businesses should be forward-looking on customer demands, right? They should know, you know, but there's that like quote or whatever from like Henry Ford that if you ask the customer what... That's Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. If you ask the customer what he wanted, it'd be something completely Oh, wait, no, that's Henry Ford. If you ask the customer what they wanted, they would have said... uh, uh, like a horse with a right or something, or something like, like that. that. Anyway, yeah. um, you get the drift. But what's what's interesting about his statement, their <laughs> statement is that they're almost they see the demand as exchange to exchange. That they have a lot of traders. That the majority of transaction volume they see, especially during high congestion times, that's a high time preference transaction is between exchanges. And this is something that Liquid was trying to take advantage of. And and what Pierre is saying is that he thinks Lightning is best suited for it. He thinks this is the best reason why Kraken should have Lightning integrated in the first place. And he said that the main thing holding them back was was Wumbo channels. Um, this idea that they could have like, you know, like a, tw- a, a 20 Bitcoin channel with fucking Bitfinex and just settle all of their transactions in between on that one private channel that's probably not even included in public capacity. So that's another aspect to keep in mind here, right? Is that it are this this they don't appear to be adopting it primarily for retail deposits and withdrawals. Does that matter? Is there a difference there, you know? Yeah, and this actually brings up an interesting point is when you think about the implementation design of this uh, highways facilitated by the lightning network between exchanges right now, if you put yourself in a trader's mindset, who's attempting to arbitrage between exchanges right now, 
exchange knows very little. Like, so they'll be trading on Bitfinex. They want to move uh, Sats uh, uh, on chain to Kraken. So they'll just go to their Kraken account. They'll take their deposit address, plug that into Bitfinex's withdrawal address, and that's how they move funds. So how does this change in a Lightning network perspective, um, especially if you consider private channels? So you'd have to give... It, it probably like doesn't how, change it that much because I assume the big exchanges are... They're already tracking, so they already know like the deposit address because they have partnerships with Chain Analysis and Elliptic and shit, so they know the well, deposit yeah, so address the- is Bitfin- Bitfinex or Kraken's deposit address. But it, yeah, it makes that tracking easier, right? Because they'll just immediately you have when to you I- paste the in- identify. Yeah, you well, you like if you want to keep it all private, the user would about to say, "Hey, I'm trusting you well, no. to send these sats to Bitfinex on my account, and then Bitfinex on the, the user other side is going to debit a Lightning invoice that they pulled from one exchange, and they paste the Lightning invoice. So let's say they they take a Lightning invoice from Bitfinex and they paste it into um, their portal on Kraken." Kraken would immediately know the public key of the node, which they register as Bitfinex. They probably have a massive private channel with them that is not routed through a single other party, and they push the transaction through that private, massive private channel, and they just never settle it unless, like, absolutely necessary. They, you know, like one company is going bankrupt. Otherwise, they just have this massive fucking, you know, 20, 40, 50, 80 million dollar channel that's just sitting there. Uh, that's just constantly updating balances between each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how the infrastructure and the uh, mechanics of all this will work out. It's fascinating too. But there's some additional counterparty risk there that no one really knows how it plays out. And it's like, it's, it's fruitless to try and centrally plan it. We can't. So, so the technology exists for them to create this payment channel that they can settle on Bitcoin in a trust-minimized fashion. But all of a sudden, they're going to tie up liquidity between each other uh, as two exchanges, right? So, so there is definitely a... Trust factor. Right? It's minimized. The trust is minimized but as this, much as but possible. But this exists... But this, and, and trust minimization is the goal, and that should be with all this. But also, like UX and actually bringing useful products to market should be another goal alongside that. And then you compare that to like clearing houses and broker dealers in the traditional financial system. And I'm pretty sure there's that like trust between broker dealers, clearing houses. Oh yeah, there's like BD a shit ton of trust built into the current system. Yeah, there's trusted yeah. Thir- the whole uh, system is based on trusted third parties, and then you mit- you mitigate it by by going through legal action after the fact. It just adds a ton of cost on top of everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, outside of because is Bitfinex actually regulated? Is still in legal trouble? Well, that's imagine, what, you uh, know, <laughs> there's certain yeah. ones. There's certain ones that are like it's it's like. I, 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 in Bitcoin land, when you're talking about like censorship resistant, you're talking about state action and shit, you know, it's an added thing. But, but these are things that we've seen systemic risk come into the system through stuff like Tether, uh, right? Where Bitfinex is the main driver behind Tether. Tether's held on many, many exchanges, the, the overwhelming majority of exchanges in the space, right? So if you had, a, if you had an issue with Tether, it would, it would create systemic problems. Like we know that's the case. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a deal breaker. It's just something that people should be thinking about in their head. 
And it's also something that people should realize, like, like I don't know if this idea that, that people are withdrawing retail payments, like retail withdrawals through Lightning is there yet. I don't know if that's the case. Like, this, what they're talking about on Kraken is, like, a completely different premise than that. They're basically talking about the, the liquid sales pitch that we've heard as the yeah, liquid well, sales pitch. I think the former scenario you described there is, is the retail there. I think that's completely dictated by whether or not the user or the exchange is paying the fee uh, when you withdraw. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's different from exchange to exchange. I mean, I, look, I think I think our boy Jack Maulers, he sold me very early on on this idea of institutional corporate lightning adoption with mostly private channels, right? This idea that you just have these insanely massive private channels that are also backed up by like legal documents and legal agreements and stuff between these massive corporations and high frequency traders and all these guys, right? And they all have these massive private channels set up. Like I'm completely sold on that idea. Like I think that's a hundred percent makes complete sense to me. It's a it's a good way of dealing with counterparty risk if you're a, if you're a Bitcoin whale, whether you're a corporation or an individual or whatever. Um, that's wholeheartedly different than the public Lightning Network routing capacity and retail payments and everything. They seem similar. They rely on the same technology, but they're a whole. There's there's a completely different situation. Yes, because you have retail, just a bunch more people involved. Yeah, it's a shit ton of people. It's a whole different model, and it's all public routing capacity and public routing nodes and finding routes and privacy. And and you don't know who your counterparties are. You're using, you you have counterparties. Well, yeah, you know the intention of the institutional trader and why they're moving between exchange. You don't necessarily know end user retail intention, why they're using lightning network to send off exchange. Um, it's easy to focus in on that particular use case that the institutional investors and traders are focused on where you can't really know exactly what the retail users are going to use it for exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just think the other use case is just a way simpler use case. It's like a very like obvious, it's, it's just, you have two corporations, they're going to be transferring millions of dollars between each other back and forth for decades. And so they can just set up a payment channel. Right. And I have no one else involved is like a super simple concept, a high level compared to a retail payments through an onion routed, uh, you know, permissionless public network. This is where it starts to incite like, is Bitcoin the Lightning Network going to make these business models and this whole market evolve in ways we can't even see? Like, once you get to that point, and like, especially if you consider like, if these exchanges are willing to put up enough capital uh, to develop something like a lightning pool book like does the line between exchanges begin to blur and just have one global order book that's accessible via the lightning network i don't know if that makes any sense but that's just where my mind's going right now well i think i mean to accomplish something like that you need to have some kind of fiat placeholder on the lightning network right which is why they're working on rgb this like the whole idea of stable coins, right? And then obviously you do have a trusted third party there, um, who's ever you know how whatever the model is for that physical asset being pegged. Uh, yeah, but uh, fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Kraken. Absolutely. Shout out. To, hey, and Cash App. Let's get on it. 
even though Matt doesn't think it's uh, really for retail payments yet. Uh, and Cash App is paying the fee. Cash App does pay the no, fee, the on-chain fee. So, I mean, I, I, I think it, it, I think Strike proves that it makes a lot of sense in retail payments. Uh, that it ca- it can make a lot of sense in retail payments in terms of the consumer wants to pay fiat, and and the merchant is is outside of the typical financial system, so they're running a BTC pay server with Lightning. Um, the the question I really have is 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 like withdrawing from exchanges. I, I you know that use case makes less sense to me than a strike. Um, okay, I get that. I get that little nuance now. because then you need like you you know like if if you're withdrawing a million sats from Bitfinex, you need a million sats inbound liquidity from Bitfinex, and then you need two million sats, and then you need five million, whatever much you're trying to stack, you need that much inbound liquidity from whatever exchange you're withdrawing from. With Strike, you know, if they want to buy a shout out and they want to use fifty dollars USD to buy the shout out. Like they're welcome to do that, right? And it's super easy for them to just scan the invoice and it pays it, and they don't have to fucking deal with anything, channels or anything. Yeah, shout out to Jack and team for creating an impeccable UX ex- user experience with Strike. But there's a difference People there, right? And there is. No, and Cash App, I would piggyback on Strike's model. Yeah, I think with Cash App, what you see is you see the symbiosis with the Square merchants. Right, mm-hmm. so they can have the Square merchants can can accept Lightning payments. They can have you pay out any Lightning invoice from Cash App, um, but it's it's different in that regard. And Cash App has always been different in that regard, where it's it's not quite. They almost treat it not like a withdrawal process, even for on chain. It's like they were they they deal with it as like a send process. Um, yes, this is like a different flow. Right, UX experts coming into the space. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Exciting times. So this is stuff that gets me like I didn't even think about price the last 20 minutes. It's all incredible. Yeah, I mean we could be at like $28,000 now at this point. Nope. 22,880. Uh this is pretty big. I mean it's just like a long ongo- ongoing saga in the Bitcoin world. These poor people. You relatively new freaks, right? The Mt. Gox. I'm sure most of you heard if not Mt. Gox. At one point, was the largest exchange uh, in the Bitcoin who? space. Terribly, <laughs> terribly run. Started by a serial scammer, Jed McCaleb, who's now onto his fourth, third or fourth scam in what Stellar. Is his third scam, it's Stellar. Oh, Gox, Ripple, Stellar. Yeah, Gox, Ripple, Stellar. Um, so, long story short, Jed McCaleb started Mount Gox. It was a terrible PHP backend for literally. It's called Mount Gox for Magic the Gathering online exchange. It was for facilitating card exchange. And it was never used cards. for that though. I don't think so. Was it? It was just a no. Form? It was just you know some domain hoarder bought it for that reason, but it was never actually used to trade cards. Okay. Well, it should have never been used to cherry Bitcoin either because they got ganked. Of what eight hundred fifty thousand Bitcoin or something like that. Very early on, they got ganked yeah. multiple well, times, they- but. Before it was even sold, yeah. it was apparently ganked. And so the people who had Bitcoin on Mt. Gox have been fighting a years-long battle to get uh, some funds repatriated f- from the loss. Uh, and there was an announcement this week on Tuesday. So there's rehabil- rehabilitation process. 
uh, uh, there's in Japan is where this is all playing out. And they made an announcement, a very short one. On December 15, 2020, the rehabilitation trustee filed a draft rehabilitation plan. The Tokyo District Court and an examiner will review the draft rehabilitation plan and determine whether to proceed with rehabilitation proceedings relevant to the draft rehabilitation plan. Rehabilitation. Why do they say rehabilitation? It's just a bunch of bullshit. It's just a, they released yeah. a statement that says like things are happening, but it's like just hard to really understand what's happening. One interesting piece of con. It's just it's it's interesting that it exists that they released it. Uh, it's interesting that so they still have one hundred forty four thousand Bitcoin, um, an equivalent amount of Bitcoin cash, which is quickly trending to zero. Uh, one of the interesting things about the trustee in Japan the way they handle the bankruptcy or whatever uh, is they have a completely different court system over there. And they have this trustee that's in charge of everything. And he like a fucking some King shit last cycle, like he sold the top on like a bunch of it. Um, so he sold at like 18, 16, 15 on the way down. And part of, part of the reason we dumped so hard and so fast, a lot of people think is because of him. But anyway, he did like good by his, the people that he was supposed to be representing, but legal processes take so fucking long that actually it turns out he sold the dip because he still hasn't returned any of the money to the people. Right. (laughs) But like for a little bit there, when we were down in like 3000 or whatever, it looked like he could end up returning more money than he would have if he had just kept it in Bitcoin. Um, But I I think this is like a very uh, important lesson for Bitcoiners to learn, which is that, in the case of a third-party custodian that you're trusting withholding your keys for you, uh, even if the legal process works out in your favor, you know, Bitcoin moves quickly. Like, do you want to wait five years, six years, eight years, ten years before you get access to your money back in the best-case scenario? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, so it, it, it's extra important that you that you control custody of your of your keys and and. If you find that is too much of a responsibility, then you should at least use a um, a collaborative custody multi-sig. model where where it's multi sig yeah. and and your collaborator is holding your hand by holding one key, but they don't have full custody. Yes, weigh these options. Beware. I mean, Mt. Gox crazy saga in the bitcoin world and isn't there like secondary market shares of these claims trading yeah it's fucked up like they like the big guys like bought all the claims you know for pennies um yeah because they can wait it out because they don't need the liquidity uh but yeah i like this is this is some fucked up shit you know um and and you have to remember there's people mount gox fell uh, in the 2013 cycle, right? So there's people who thought they were geniuses that sold at $1,100. They sold the top of that cycle, um, which, by the way, is $1,100, which, you know, today Bitcoin's at 23000 or whatever the fuck it's at. And then second of all, they don't even have access to their money still. So they, they, they thought they sold the top. They don't even have access to their money. This is part of the reason why stacking sats is a lifestyle it's why we choose what we choose you know is because you just remove that risk completely like don't fucking you try and sell a top and then you get stuck yeah and you got to pay the taxes 
you're depending on these third parties. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth the stress. And so tying up this story particularly, I think there's a lot of questions, lingering questions of, all right, when this process is finally done, are these Bitcoin going to be immediately liquidated? Um, 144,000 that remain. Um, I know some people personally who were claimants, they're like, yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody who's bought these claims on the secondary market or is still holding on to them is really uh, going to be selling. Yeah, if you were in a panic Consider- sell them, you would you could sell them on the secondary market. Um, yeah. So, so they, they're going to go out to the individual claimants and the individual claimants are going to decide whether or not they sell. Uh, I don't yeah. think it'll be that much increased sell pressure. And I mean, if you look at what like these macro guys are gobbling up anyway now at this point, um, It'll be gobbled up in two days. Yeah, it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, I just played a joke on the freaks, Matt. What? I responded to your tweet from an hour ago saying, let the record show that Marty has delayed RHR by a few blocks. But I started drinking on time. I just responded to that tweet. Okay, ready to record. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> fucking with them. These poor people. Uh, I love fucking with Our these freaks. poor people. Our freaks. Our beloved yes. freaks. Marty did Love delay this podcast because he had to finish a, a call, which is, that's important. That's fine. But I, and I did start drinking on time. It's true. And, and what are you drinking? Uh, Bowmore. Bowmore. One sponsorship, Bowmore. McAllen. What about you, McAllen? We're on the 12s today. I like McAllen, that. McAllen, we've only been shilling your shit for fucking. Three years. Almost. Yeah. Two years. And, Two years. And so. you have the nerve to go sponsor 30 under 30. Really? What? 30 under 30 you sponsor, and you don't sponsor Tales from the Crypt, Rabbit Hole Recap? What the fuck's going on? Somebody somebody already got kicked off that list. Or not kicked off the list, but somebody on that list. Is a, Lair one's fucked, for anybody <laughs> who doesn't understand. It's an unfortunate situation. Why don't you tell the freaks what's up? I just So, again, I've been a little bit coy talking about the subject in the past, because it's weird in the mining industry talking about other people, but... Um, it's all public knowledge. It seems like layer one is, uh, not what it was marketed to be. Alex legal, I think was asked to step away as CEO within last week. Co-founder, um, Dalek, I forget his first name. He's starting another mining company called Enigma Royaled in legal conflict. It seems like they were over promising and under delivering. Um, and Alex was on the 30 under 30 list, uh, two weeks ago and he's been asked to leave within two weeks. So it's, it's unfortunate. have had Alex on this podcast before. I liked him personally, but it seems like, um, he's not really up to snuff to, to run a mining company in West Texas. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I handle that. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts about it this? Was surprising news. It's not my it's not my scene, but it was surprising news to see. Uh, so I wonder what's going on over there. Um, I th- I think they also mixed it with a press release about a, using immersion technology in Texas. Um, yes, and so that's the way it goes. Alex brought the marketing. CEO Pizzazz, the young entrepreneur, and Dalek, that's his last name, was the uh, the technical 
part of the company who's bringing the immersion system. And again, now I, I believe I saw something earlier this week. He started a new company called Enigma. They're teaming up with Lancium, which actually sued Layer One uh, to develop a eight megawatt pilot project liquid immersion system in in Texas. Can't speak to uh, the quality of of what that will be. Um, don't know them personally or have seen any of that, but that's the word on the street as of right now. Um, what are you laughing? Are you, are you reading text over there? I'm reading. I'm reading the tweet that you fucking commented on, and you like pissed off all the freaks. But I thought it, I thought it was funny because so my tweet was let the record show that Marty Bent has delayed RHR by a few blocks, but I started drinking on time, and then I did a hat tip to Bowmore Twelve, right? Because that's what I'm drinking, and one of the freaks shout out at dh two three zero oh nine goes. You'll get that Scott sponsorship eventually, bro. Keep trying. <laughs> always hustling. We're always hustling here at RHR. Yeah, he, he deserves he deserves a shout out on that one. That was a good uh, good response. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I I so did not pay attention to anything you just said, um, but to the freaks, like immersion technology is like a really cool way of saying like they just like put all the miners in liquid because they cool better. Um, yes. Well, all right. So we'll explain it. You have air cooling. You can do what's called a water curtain, which is not liquid immersion. You're just like dripping water down a curtain and blowing mist on miners to keep them cool. Or you can fully immerse them in liquid cooling, uh, liquid coolant that allows you to run them in very hot environments. And that's something here in the United States, particularly that all the mining companies are trying to figure out is how to design a liquid immersion system that works is, uh, economical and can survive in West Texas because that's where the, uh, the Permian basin is. And that's where a lot of this natural gas that we talk about a lot is, is located. Um, so there's like, I don't want to say race, but people are working on cooling immersion systems so you can survive the, the hot summers in Texas. If you can cool in an efficient manner, all of a sudden there's a ton of cheap energy that isn't being utilized yet. It's, yes. a, it's an edge. Then, it's an edge that someone so, can take advantage of. Yeah, it keeps the miners cool. And then on top of that, you can actually get more efficiency out of the miners as well, um, which is an added ben- benefit to that. May or may not be working on something at Creative Iron. Uh, um, disclosure. Disclosure. Our director of Business Development at Creative Iron. <laughs> <Mike>. uh, <laughs> all right. Software updates. We're there. Hit us. Uh, BTC Pay Server. If you're running BTC Pay Server, they just released version 1.0.6.3. And as always, Matt, stop me when you want to talk about a particular update. Uh, My Node version 0.2.20 has been released. Tails OS version 4.14 has been released, running Tails. Async Phoenix Wallet version 1.4.4 has been released. Async iOS Wallet enters testing. Massive. Um, yeah, it's this big. So they rewrote Anything. it from scratch so they can do native in Android and iPhone, but it's in testing right now. It should be ready first quarter of 2021. And they're releasing a testnet version for test flight for a limited number of beta testers. And they're going to open up later. <laughs> testnet year, lightning network. Like. Come on. It's like double no, ridiculous. No, testnet at. 
Testnet on test flight. Wait, it's Testnet on test flight, but it's Testnet Lightning Network. It's a oh, testnet, so it's double uh, testnet. It's a it's a Lightning Network here. app. Async Phoenix is like them and Breeze are the two non-custodial, super easy to use wallets on Android. Breeze also has an iPhone app. Now, um, Async is going to release their own iPhone version, but they rewrote it all the whole thing, the whole stack from scratch, so they could do native on both. Yes, it's a big deal. It's a it's this is a big one, and also I don't have it on the list, but um, our boy Evan Kaludis got a grant from HRF last month or the month before that. I don't know. It was prices were way cheaper back then, um, and he got he got a hundred million Sats grant. Uh, that's a full Bitcoin to the freaks out there that are still not you know, still working on their conversions. And he put a bunch of it to bounties. And one of the bounties is Tor on React Native. Um, so that's pretty massive. It looks like that bounty has been completed, um, which means we will get integrated Tor into Zeus. We'll get integrated Tor into Blue Wallet. We'll get integrated Tor into Hexa Wallet. Um, any app that's React Native can have integrated Tor. Um, and those are cross-platform. React's, React's a JavaScript framework, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty big Shout deal. Shout out to Evan. Um, taking that bounty and just, or taking that grant and just making bounty is pretty baller. Move. Yeah, and just on, so so because I just mentioned them, Blue Wallet V6.6.0 got released, which is like the preeminent React Native wallet. Um, and they released it with full multi-sig support using uh, partially signed Bitcoin transaction standard, um, which is massive. Uh, this, this means that all of a sudden, not only can you do easy multi-sig through the phone app, right? So you have, um, blue wallet running on, on an old Android phone and an old iPad and an old whatever, and you, and you use them together to make multi-sig, but it also allows you to do cross application multi-sig. So you could do multi-sig, uh, with fully noted uh, with an old phone, or you can do it with Spectre. Um, so that gets really interesting when you have a device that's just like a signing device that is an old phone, um, and you don't have to rely on any individual software developer. You can use like three different software stacks. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah, that's pretty massive. And the reason why I'm not looking at you directly right now is because, should we clarify what we said last week? I know Nuno hopped in our dms I, I don't know how we clarify that um it's just that they're i think yeah i think we i think we said we thought they were so we clarify well i mean i so I, I i i said i didn't want to mention where they were based we can mention where they're based Yeah, we can mention. Yeah, I think that's what we got wrong. So they're, they're registered things. to the app stores, the Dominican Republic, and what they have European corporations. Is that what he said in the message? I believe so. I believe Did so, you yes. not pull up the message? No, I got it right in front of me. Yeah, I, I, if 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 any freaks got the impression that it was, uh, it's just three guys bootstrapping an open source project, right? And too, I didn't want so. to mention where they were based because I just didn't want to blow up their spot in any kind of way. Yeah, that's what I, I want to clarify that they're bootstrap. We treated them like a business, you know. I mean, they're going to be um, they're going to be a business. The plan is to be a business. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're just get out here. Blue wallets, incredible piece of technology. It's actually one of the few wallets that I'll use on, on my iPhone. I use it. I actually use it for lightning a lot to test stuff this out. This multi-sig is big deal. This is a big one. Uh, it's underappreciated. This is a big one. Yeah, they're calling it vaults too. Um, I, a- I, I think, I think, you know, it, 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 it gives, it gives the specter stack a run for its money and it's really great as a combination. Um, and that, that's, Ooh, really that's fucking- a big claim, sir. Well, see with iPhone, it's weird because like the only way you can get it is through the app store. So there's like a big iOS, uh, asterisk, you know, when using Blue Wallet, because like the only way you can get it is through this closed, proprietary, easy to block app store. But if you get it on Android, you can get the APK, and they do have a Mac version that you could just download the DMG file. So, so for the Mac version and for the Android version, you don't have any app store requirement. And I think it's really cool. And I, I, I tried, I like jumped into it for like a half an hour before the show, and I couldn't get it to work. But my understanding is you can use it as a signer inspector. If that's not the case, then you know hopefully it will be soon. Um, it it is usually using the PSBT standard, so it should be able to work that way. Um, the, I think the question is is how easy the flow is, and the flow could probably improve. But I I couldn't figure it out. I but I was like rushing through it. But this idea that you could use um, like an old Android phone or an old iPhone running. Blue Wallet as a signer and a Spectre multisig is a pretty powerful concept, you know. And then yeah. you add another app in there, you know, like a fully noted device, and then all of a sudden you're like in a pretty secure situation yeah, with no specialized hardware. And if you add specialized hardware in there, then you just add this whole extra improvement trade-off mix. Yeah. It's all improving. The UX is improving. The technology is improving. There's more minds coming to the space. The mind share is growing. The talent around the apps being built, the ideas that are being put out there, it's all getting better, freaks. The fundamentals are getting better. Price is getting better too, but let's focus on the fundamentals. We're here to get to the signal. I mean, the price is fucking dope. Um, the other one we skipped because I did that was Electrum V 4.0.8, which is mostly a bug fix release. But there is a change that they started using um, the BIP standard PSBT, which is what Cold Card and Blue Wallet and Spectre all default to. Um, so, so if you use Electrum with your PSBT wallets, um, you should have it. Should, it should work way better now. Uh, I haven't used it myself, but this is my understanding. Um, so keep that in mind. And then just to go back on Tails OS, the update to Tails OS did add integrated. Ledger support, so you don't have to fuck around with any of the settings, or um, you, you don't have to download anything to make the ledger work with Electrum Intails now. That's pretty dope. Um, I'm looking at the Bitcoin dev list, right? Mailing list right now. Because I thought, oh, no, never mind. Somebody was trying to propose a bit for documenting modern multi sig derivations. Um, dent on development uh, and he proposed a BIP number without asking Luke and Luke got angry at him I thought I had something to do with PSBTs but then I wanted to make sure we were no PSBTs already have there. a proper BIP number but Electrum was doing their yeah. own shit yeah um, 
This compromising air-gapped machines white paper started quite a stir. I saw um, Ricardo Spignani, Fluffy Pony from Monero, talking about this. Just basically the the conversation of a she have a dedicated machine that's a dedicated hardware wallet that's specific to Bitcoin or an air-gapped laptop that isn't specific. Well, and I believe this this paper basically proved that you could. In some situations, uh, compromise air gap computers. So the general premise of uh, digital security, in this case, private key security, whether that's Bitcoin or another digital secret that you want to keep secret, is that the single best thing you can do is have an air gap to machine. Um, and this, the idea is that the machine never touches the internet. So if someone wants to compromise you, they have to at least get physical access to the device. So you want an air gap machine. There's two ways you can do that. You can try and make your own air gapped machine from off the shelf computer parts, or you can buy a purpose built air gapped machine, which is what a cold card is, which is what a ledger is, what treasure is of different degrees. They all take different trade offs there. But they're all just—they are all trying to be a purpose-built air-gapped machine. Um, so what you hear a lot is you hear people say, like, get a laptop, uh, rip out the Wi-Fi card, rip out the microphone, you know, maybe keep the webcam if you want QR codes. Um, this is not an easy thing for people to do. Um, but let's operate under the assumption that you can rip out—you figure out how to rip out the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and the microphone. Um, and the different threat factors. These guys showed a way of using just your general purpose memory, your general purpose RAM to broadcast via Wi-Fi signals um, out to a, another device that takes the information and broadcasts it to the wider internet, defeating the air gap. And we've seen attacks like this that go through um, sound, that go through the audio as well to another device that then broadcasts it out. Um, so it's this idea that it's hard to air gap, uh, two things. I mean, the number one thing is, 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 is these are two different trade-offs, right? It's this, is this trade-off of, can you secure a general purpose device yourself versus a trust and a purpose built device? Um, you can reduce both sides if you use them both in a multi-sig. Um, the second thing which I think is ideal. Just using multi-sig is ideal. You're, you're just crossing all the trade-offs. It's additive. Um, every time you add someone, you're, 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 you're increasing the security there. You're not reducing the security. Um, the other thing is you... I don't understand why people constantly say, you, you know, try and sanitize a laptop. It doesn't make any sense to me. In this case, yes, I understand their whatever their study is would still compromise you but it's way easier to sanitize a desktop because with a desktop you just don't have an integrated wi-fi card you don't have an integrated microphone you don't have an integrated webcam and you can just buy your own webcam if you want to do qr codes um so it's way easier to sanitize a desktop than it is to sanitize a laptop and and you don't have to worry about an integrated battery there's like a million reasons why it's easier to sanitize a desktop so if you're going to try and do the air gap machine approach you should use a fucking desktop. Um, but I think these types of studies are just good examples of why the average person has a really, really difficult time of creating a proper air gap machine setup with general purpose hardware 
And especially like this is not even like if once you start talking about physical access, uh, they have like a really, really difficult time. Like it's, it's very hard to set up a computer where if someone gets access to that computer for a, a, a while that they can't access it. Uh, meanwhile, like if you're trying to get into a cold card um, and you don't know the pin, like you're it, it's going to be you have to be a very sophisticated attacker. Right. Like we see Ledger Donjon. They, it took them months to get into the MK2. They haven't gotten to the I MK3 am brick. yet. I am brick now. Um, yeah. So I, again, talking about trade-offs, like I would say not even trade-offs, but what should you prioritize with all this stuff? Like prioritize physical security, maybe over the exact perfect implementation of an air gapped wallet. Right. Like think about securing the air gap hardware that you're using, whether it be a desktop, a laptop or a hardware wallet over fighting the internal battle of which one to pick yeah, over I mean, the other. If you can stop an attacker from getting within 30 feet, 50 feet of the device, um, then you're set for most situations. Just, if, in like, multi-sig, like, the beauty is like you can move those devices into different areas, right? So, yeah. And those can be no, in different I mean, just, jurisdictions. They can be across the globe if you want them to be. I mean, you just went on a, like a five-minute rant talking about like the nuance <laughs> of all this stuff. It's like, all right, like just make sure nobody gets physical access of it, and you eliminate most of these risks. Like, focus on that. Yeah, is that bad advice? No, no. I, I mean, I think in general you should just like you don't want people to have physical access to your devices ever. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then it's just it's just it depends what mitigations you're adding on top to deal with those kind of physical access situations, right? Yes. Like worst case scenario, if somebody gets physical access, it would be advantageous to have the best setup, which right. seems to be a desktop or cold card. Or multi-sig with multiple signers. Multi-sig, yeah. Yes. Geographically dispersed. And guns. Lots of guns. Um, OXT research on the KuCoin report. So is our boy Ergo. So, back with some news. Yeah, so have you looked at this report at all? I have not. So, not. This is one of the uh, signals that got swept well, under What's kind of cool about this is is they're fine-tuning their model over there at OXT Research, which is a wing of Samurai. Um, so Shout out Laurent for starting OXT. Uh, 100% shout out. Cheers to you, my dude. Um, so they're charging $20 in Bitcoin to view it. Um, if you the PDF and if you wait 15 days, it will be publicly released. Um, which if you compare that to the chain analysis firms, the chain surveillance firms that charge $200,000 and don't release their proprietary research. Um, I, I think that's like a it's, massive improvement and I think it's kind of a cool incentivized business model there. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to go into, I, I mean, I think people should go pay for it, but I'll give a, a brief synopsis of the of the report. I mean, it, it follows the KuCoin hackers, the KuCoin attack. And the most interesting part to me is so you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of nuance. Uh, there's a lot of nuance. There's a there's a <laughs> so you have hit your bingo boards. We have the coin join implementations um, that are non custodial, right? And we have join market, we have um, 
Wasabi, and we have Whirlpool. With Wasabi and Whirlpool, the coordinator is a centralized coordinator that's run through Tor. Um, with Join Market, the coordinator is um, the taker. So it's the person on the taker side. The maker is just publicizing their coins. It's a little bit different. But anyway, with Wasabi and Samurai, you have this centralized coordinator that's managing the rounds, but because of the way they that Tor is implemented and new identities are cycled, um, they don't know how the rounds are configured, but they're matching people. They're like a matchmaker. They're a blinded matchmaker. Um with Samurai, you can use it without your own node in a situation where their other server, which is their wallet server, knows some of the inputs into each round. Um, so the best way to use Samurai is to use it with your own node. Otherwise, you have to trust their wallet server with your transaction connections, your transaction links to each other. All that said... The most popular way to use Bitcoin privately is something called a custodial mixer, where you provide full trust in the custodian to both give you privacy and they hold your coins. So there's a medium period, there's an intermediate period where they're legit holding your keys and you have to trust them that they're going to send it back to you, which doesn't exist with CoinJoin. So for what, so though that's so the custodial mixers are if done properly are way better privacy on chain because they just provide you there is literally no connection between your two transactions they're sending you someone else's bitcoin you send them bitcoin they send you someone else's bitcoin but the the result is you have a shit ton of trust in them and they can either be a honeypot or they can take your money Um, centralized coin swap right um so what's interesting about this oxt report is that the number one mixer uh, custodial mixer is called chip mixer the number two is blender the kucoin hackers use both blender actually on the back end goes into wasabi so that's what's interesting about this report what's interesting about this report is that you send it to the custodial mixer the custodial mixer is putting funds into wasabi to try to add another layer to mix yeah, their I own how coins. That works out with fees. Yeah. Oh. Not as a value added service to their clients. I mean, both, I guess. But it's questionable how much it actually helps. I mean, it didn't. It doesn't appear to help in this report. Yeah, if they can fight, figure it out. Like it doesn't seem like it's helping. <laughs> right. Then you talk like about like compounding fees. They're still clustering it, but 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 the. The, but the belief here appears to be that that Blender is is a, is a hybrid model where they're they're a custodial mixer that is also using Wasabi on the back end to basically like split up their deposits and mix them around before they send them out and shit. Yeah, and I don't want to give up too much of the report since they're paywall. But like how. Like how much of each round are they making up? Like per process of elimination, are they sort of destroying everybody else's privacy as well at the same time? Um, so it doesn't appear that it's 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 that amount, um, but it is a significant amount. Um, I I believe you know I don't have it up in front of me right now, but I believe it was around two hundred Bitcoin or three hundred Bitcoin or something like that. Um, 
which is it's more than ten percent of unspent wasabi. Or samurai, me, samurai, but we're talking about right, wasabi right. right now, which is a bit high. Yeah. Which is a higher. Uh, it's it's almost like eight x the amount of unspent going into it. Um, really, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, but the thing is, is is the guarantees both the anonymity set for wasabi degrades after um you leave the the pool and when you're in the pool the the anonymity set guarantees are less because they don't structure their pools in a way to to reinforce that you have to have remixers in every round um but in practice you do have a lot of remixers in every round but but both implementations would suffer from this idea that you could have a large entity coming into it with wasabi it's a little bit worse because your rounds aren't randomized so whatever when you come in um you can imagine a mixer like blender coming in running multiple clients if they queue them all up at the same time they're all going to be in the same round so you can have like you know 80 80 participants and and 20 of them could be blender all in the same round and blender would know they were all in the same round because they put them in all at the same time um and, then and the major the authorities that crack down on blender would know that as well the what hypothetically the authorities that crack down on blender would also know that in retrospect if they got if they got access to blender's transaction information they could have that information and 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 the main thing that the main the main thing that wasabi uses to create that civil resistance is the the actual fee um the pool fee so so the only thing stopping the an individual from just completely flooding rounds with their own transactions for process of elimination is that fee um which like i mean is the same fee that everyone pays and i don't know if it's significant enough to actually stop it what's cool with samurai is an honest user pays a lower fee than a non-honest user because if you if you enter the round with way more coin, you pay a lower percentage fee, but none of that coin can be in the same rounds with each other. So an attacker would have to split them all up and they would pay a higher real fee. Um, so there, there'd be a difference there. So, I mean, there should definitely be concern in general, I think, of large entities mixing in either of these implementations um, or, or join market. I mean, I've mentioned in join market that I think that surveillance entities have a higher incentive to offer super low fee um, maker um, offers. Um, but I think Samurai creates the best civil resistance in that way, that they, they make it as expensive as possible for an attacker to try and, and do those rounds. Yeah. The coin join wars persist. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think this is a coin. I think this is just interesting because... The both the, the main the major chain uh, surveillance firms released their own KuCoin analysis and OXT released actual proper detailed analysis and the other guys released like surface level kind of bullshit analysis. Um, so it's like kind of nice that we have someone doing, uh, you know, chain tracking in 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 an open way in a transparent way where other people can learn from it and, and and you can see like how they fingerprinted wallets and how they could tell that ent certain entities were probably that entity like the whole thing's a probability game they have these really cool graphs and shit so like even if you don't buy it you should only check it out in 15 days 
Hell yeah. Is that all Ergo? You could write that with anybody. I'm not sure. But he's definitely the lead. Shout out to the OXT.me slash Samurai team. Important uh, information. Again, it's interesting to see this type of chain analysis juxtaposed with the chain analysis and elliptics of the world, which is actually, we don't have this on the list either, but uh, our boy Zaya from Iran, uh, Iran, excuse me, I've been called out for mispronouncing Iran in the past. Um, he made the market aware of the fact that a bunch of exchanges were in the U.S. were labeling and preventing Iranian citizens from sending from their exchange to family members, I assume, in the States and just automatically um, freezing or just not allowing the funds to be sent in the first place, which is an extremely racist policy. If you think about it, you're just going to assume every Iranian is doing something uh, to do with terrorist funding or something like that. It's completely racist. Most people are good people and law-abiding citizens and simply trying to help out family members. It was because of sanctions, right? Yeah, but, yeah, I assume. But, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Actually, I mean, like, sanctions are inherently racist, but... Yes, had a freak reach out, left, I'm not going to say which company, because they were being forced to write code for one of these teams that's doing chain analysis um, and decided to leave their position because they just couldn't stomach it. Incited your your um, your basically question posit your posit like hey if you're working there like what are you doing are you helping humanity why are you doing this cheers freak cheers to you freak tons of respect we got guides one from our friend keep it simple Bitcoin he's uh, recently dropped a join market guide so if you're interested we were just talking about join market. In using Join Market, um, Keep It Simple Bitcoin has a guide out, and then our other guide connoisseur, Bitcoin Q&A at BitcoinQNA.com. Uh, keep It Simple Bitcoin.com. You can go find the Join Market, BitcoinQNA.com, or boy, Bitcoin Q&A. Uh, put out a nice piece on 10 ways to lose your Bitcoin, which if you're new to the space and if you're taking custody of your Bitcoins, is definitely a uh, a piece that you should read just to understand the risk involved with self-custody and um and what you should be aware of yeah, it's a good one to send out to all your boys uh especially with the ledger hacks going on that's what that the the last episode of rhr inspired him for that one um the joint market guide for keep it simple bitcoin is uh the best guide available now for joint market uh, so if Jordan Market has been scratching your itch and you found it too difficult, go check out that guide and be sure to send them some sats because it was not an easy guide to make. Reward the people building this this free free information with sats. Last but not least, and actually probably not last considering there's something else I want to talk about after this, uh, Coinbase seems to be... Close to initial public offering. They're going public. Uh, it was interesting. They, they announced it earlier today and, and said um, they like secretly filed for the Form S1, which is the first thing you need to do before going public. Yeah, I mean, they had, they to, they had to file for it, right? Otherwise... Yeah. 
And then they have to publicly say they filed for it, right? It confidentially submitted a draft resignation statement, registration statement, excuse me, for Form S-1 with the Securities Exchange Commission. The Form S-1 is expected to be effective, to become effective after the SEC completes its review process subject to market and other conditions. They're going public. They want to go public right now. Yeah. Like I mean, all the shitty companies are able to go public and make fucking bank. Coinbase like riding the same hype that a fucking Bitcoin is while at the same time like IPOs are hyping and like stonks only go up like they can make so much fucking money like the company that was designed to just fucking dump on retail is ready to dump its own equity on retail and it's going to be fucking massive it's going to be fucking insane you should stack sats instead yeah. but it's going to be fucking ridiculous yeah the the, the dual hype it's going to be ridiculous I mean, people been people been diving into um, MicroStrategy stock as a quasi Bitcoin ETF, even though that suffered a drawdown last week. I haven't been tracking that price at all. What though. about I don't know them, where it is now? What about them being hypocrites for not making a security token and instead launching like a traditional stock? Like, can we give them shit for that? Right. Yes, we can. And yeah, let that be some signal for you, freaks. These people don't eat the shit that they're selling they you or the. Themselves. Yeah, they don't eat that shit. Do you have, like, is there snow by you? No, it rained. It was cold rain oh, here. Oh, fuck. We have like eight um, inches over here, nine inches. Yeah. I don't know what I'd prefer. Snow's like, better, Yesterday, bro. I mean, the day and a half of cold rain and wind was pretty miserable, but it was sunny and pretty beautiful today. Cold, but I, no snow to, to, uh, to shovel. I bought my family's tree. Um, I got drunk with you and arbed out and had delicious steak. Um, and then I got snowfall and new all time highs and Bitcoin and open water all in a three day period is like, to me, it's been a pretty good like, week for Matt Odell. That's the Christmas that, you know, the, that's the Christmas spirit right there. That That's why I got yes. my Christmas hat on, on Twitter. Yes. And for you freaks wondering when the arbed out tapes are dropping, you'll get them when you get them. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to tell them when they're going to get them? No, no. We're not letting the freaks know. We have a date in mind. A special request from our boy Arbed Out. I mean, what we're going to do is Arbed Out's going to be, he's going to be our Christmas special every year. Yes. He's going to be our holiday special every year. Speaking while we're on the subject, when are we going to record next week? Because uh, Christmas Eve is not conducive for... Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up is because... When are we going to drop him? But we can't tell the freaks, but we need to coordinate when we're going to do RHR. Um, yeah, we're sorry. We'll, we'll talk we're about not going to record off. on Christmas Eve, right? No, I can't. Um, wow, Marty can't. I'm down to record on Christmas Eve. Let's do it. <laughs> you just said we're not going to. <laughs> I would 100% do it. I can't believe you would just do that to the freaks, Marty. But I, you know, if it is, if it has to be that way, then I understand. Christmas Eve is my travel day this year, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, Friday, we're not going to drop Friday. It's Christmas Day. It's even worse. Um, yeah, so, yeah, of course. We're not going to. So, so we're going to do Wednesday? I assume so. That's what I was thinking. We're not going to skip RHR, right? No, definitely not. Remember how bad we felt when we did skip RHR? I know, RHR? but if we skip, maybe, do you think the price would dump if we skipped? No, it'd probably and, be the opposite. It'd probably pump on us. Let's stay humble, Matt Odell, okay? What? 
I mean, dumping would be kind of good right now. Like I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the pleb dump request mode. I'd be down for a dump. Yeah, about to get a card with fifty dollars in it for my grandmother. Love to turn that into cents. Been waiting for it to pump for years, and now I'm like, oh, I'm down for the dump. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we'll plan for Wednesday. That's what I. That's what I was assuming. And you know, we might. You know, you you don't know we're going to drop Arbed out, but he's going to be the the Christmas special. Yes, and we'll. We can we we can make this work. We'll talk about it off off air, but yeah, maybe we'll make it festive. We'll get we'll get cocktails, festive cocktails. I've got a fireplace next to me. We'll get the fire going. Maybe we'll get some jingles in here. Yeah, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a Christmas live. Stream. Maybe we'll yeah, maybe we'll up the production value here. Uh, or maybe we won't. We'll it depends it how much you guys stack, how high we go. Uh. Yes, it depends. It doesn't depend. We're going to show up no matter what. We're going to show up. It literally does not matter at all. Like <laughs> the price could be three thousand next week. It could be forty thousand dollars, and no, I would be completely different. It would be a completely different episode, regardless. Either way. Yes, I'm not going to lie to you. Last thing I want to bring up. Uh, so going back to munching butts and the announcement, Our dude. Apparently, there's a war in the White House. And if we put pressure on the Trump administration to dump munching butts before the transition on January 20th, maybe these regulations, I mean, there's a lot of the conservative Twitter is starting to hop on the Bitcoin train and they're, they're calling for people to put pressure on the current administration, not to push these, um, these overbearing quote unquote crypto regulations and to dump the people that are pushing them forward. So, Speak up. So that's another thing we didn't talk about when we first brought this up in the beginning of the episode. Do you think many people speaking up actually had an effect on whether or not that was announced? Because one thing I pointed out, if you compare the reaction to the Stable Act announcement on Twitter and how uh, Rashida Tlaib got completely ratio murdered to the support that Warren Davidson, Emerson, uh, Tud got when they announced their tweet saying hey don't do this uh do you think that had anything to do with the uh, with the no the no news on something that was very expected to happen last week i mean i i think even if news happens i mean i'm on the record of already my first prediction was that it was is it was going to be christmas break so we haven't hit it yet to be completely fr- like this is me you know pulling myself back in uh, uh, because my first thought was, okay, they're going to wait till like holiday break. Um, the, I think the thing that really helped us is all these DeFi guys are like, they're super exposed. Like if, if like Fred Wilson's portfolio could get destroyed by a single bad law. A single bad law destroys this portfolio. It really doesn't fuck over Bitcoin much. It like it could fuck over Bitcoiners tangentially. It's like extra, you know, it would be a longer process. But literally, a single law could just completely destroy Fred Wilson's portfolio on the DeFi side. That we're signaling out Fred Wilson. Wait, I'm using him as an example, but like the Coinbase Mafia, right? Like all these guys yes. that are part of this incestuous... Coinbase crew, pump and dump, get in early. Anderson Horowitz, at a discount. right? Yeah. Like A16Z. Like right. All They're things. all 
exposed. If, if there's a self custody, any kind of self custody restrictions, like real bans, real restrictions, the, their companies that they're invested in just get wrecked. They just like literally overnight become criminal organizations. They're you know they're against the law. So those guys are all freaking out behind the scenes. Like we have billionaires, you know, hundred millionaires, like freaking out behind the scenes. Um, th- that's obviously going to help us. Uh, so, so, so there, there's definitely a cover. We have a, it's, it's almost like the, the shit coins provided us a better cover than actual native Bitcoiners. Cause I think a lot of, especially the, the Bitcoiners that have more coin are just like, you know, I'm off the radar, I'm using my own node and, you know, come and take it. But while while the 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 shit corners are like fuck, like my whole business just gets destroyed, like I can't I can't let this happen. So the fact that they're more vulnerable actually helps protect us to a degree. Yeah, that's a very good point. No, that's actually something if you go back and listen to the original Bitcoin Sign Guy episode, that's the way he describes shit coins is providing cover and confusion. It's Bitcoin, certainly not in, in this particular sense, but. Um, that does make a lot of sense. Fred Wilson. What an asshole. <laughs> Sorry, Fred. Thank you for hosting BitDevs at Union Square Ventures for a few years there. Um, yeah, Freaks, it's been great. It's been a fun week. Almost two hours. No. I think we were humble. I think we were humble. Well, it's, you know, just try your best. Try your best. Trying Keep American Huddle honest. Keep yourself honest. Keep top- American Huddle honest, and uh, just try your best. Are there any off? Are there any off list topics that we're forgetting? Anything macro? I mean, the Fed did come out this week. There's they so want to be more shit. accommodative. They're asking for fiscal help. Apparently, there's going to be another stimulus package announced in the next couple of days. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, Bitcoin's winning. Bitcoin's winning. All right, we're going to end on a non-humble note on some vibrato. Vibrato or vibrato? bravado, bro. Bravado. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm an idiot. Well, actually, that that's what I wanted to end on. Uh, if Bitcoin gets to 100000 apparently Justin Moon's going to help crowdfund uh, so we can buy Stephen Hawking's wheelchair and I can articulate and actually speak well and write better. Um Freaks. So be on the lookout for that. My my goal here is bravado. Wow, I feel like such an idiot. Like way like, like off, a, bro. Uh, I mean, my 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 goal here is 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 I just I just I just want to talk about Bitcoin until I die. You know, just in, enjoy the freaks once a week and and just be here with you all. Um, to the point where we're just. We just all have fuck you money, and we're just telling everyone to go fuck themselves all the time. It just sounds well, we already, blissful. We already do that. <laughs> I know, but I feel like we're a little bit ahead of ourselves, you know? Like, we don't properly... You think telling the G7 to suck my dick is a little too premature? Yeah, like, we don't really have, like, anything to back that up. Come and take G7. <laughs> suck my dick. You know, it, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's an aspirational dick sucking. It's not a, <laughs> um, but it, it's one that I'm I'm very bullish on. I'm very bullish on your aspirational dick sucking, but it it is not it is not one that is is properly backed up yet, in comparison to the G seven.
Hey, push back. Speak up. <laughs> speak up. Speak the fuck up. Stand up. Stand up for your rights. Stack or die. Like I, I'm actually, I'm under the impression that like the social pressure from social media and that letter from Davidson actually had an effect on the delay but, of that announcement that seemed imminent. Like, fuck, stand up. Davidson's are fucking Come and board, take it. man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Right? Good and he was just on Noted. Go check out the Noted episode. I'm on Tales from the Crypt. Uh, yeah, you follow me on Twitter. I'll DM him. Um, follow me on Twitter, bro. If you're listening, Warren. Uh, yeah, stand up for your rights. Stand up for self-sovereignty in the digital age. All this PC bullshit is communist propaganda. Pushback. What is the G7? Like, I can't even name the G7. Fuck the G7. U.S. Like, who are they? France, Germany, Australia, New Zealand... England. One more. That was pretty good. Portugal? Portugal. No, Canada? Canada's Canada's definitely in there. Fuck you, Justin Trudeau. You Dude, Canada really shit. shouldn't be in there. That's like a little slight, like, they got, they, they, they just snuck in, you know? Yeah, just brought our little brother with the us. The only thing Canada's done that's good is coin kite. Like besides that, it's like what the fuck? What like up and and then Barber's company? I like Barber's company. It's like besides the upstream data, bull Bitcoin, oh, Tahini's. Besides the Bitcoin tahinis, companies, BTC <laughs> sessions. Besides the Bitcoin companies, <laughs> are there any industries in in our Canada? boys Gimmer and Mark Schinard, Schwinard? Um, there's a great Canadian. When it comes to your politicians, outside of that Pierre Polivier guy, whatever his name is. Uh, you guys are fucked. <laughs> like you, you guys are fucked. Justin Trudeau is the biggest pussy politician I've ever fucking witnessed in my life. Freak. And he's a fucking, co- he's a Chinese Communist Party fucking rat bastard. You guys should fucking kick him out of your country as fast as possible. The important thing. To uh, I said it. The important thing to realize is that I just rat- rattled out the G seven off the top of my head. I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's very impressive considering. Uh, how much whiskey we've drank mm-hmm. throughout this episode. Shout out. Um, let's wrap it up. I still have to get the bed out. It's 6.30. I haven't even written the get bed Get this yet. shit out. I'm supposed to be on a live stream in 27 minutes, but I'm going to have to decline that because TFTC takes priority. My dude, peace and love. Stack or die. Cheers, brother. Love all y'all. Stole peace and love there, dude. I'm sorry. I apologize. I realized after I said it. I realized after I said it. What? That's perfect. You should leave it on there. <laughs>